2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: You're listening
3: to that Chelsea podcast, episode 42. Got a semi on. <laughs> back to that Chelsea podcast I'm joined as always by Jack Davies how are we doing sir
1: yeah I'm really good mate top week for Chelsea two workman-like performances and still in the hunt for two trophies so been a top week
3: yeah yeah it's been a great week for Chelsea returning to the podcast the Father himself Stanford Chidge is back Chidge how are we doing sir
0: well, I'm glad, I'm glad you called me the podfather, Nick, because I think I, I think you should actually call me the grandfather because I've aged considerably since I last saw you. Uh, I mean, in the last 10 minutes, I was I probably needed to wear some D-pens. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, Chidge is back. And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
3: Dean is back. D, 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 Dean has overcome technical difficulties to so join us. Dean, how, how are we doing, sir?
2: Now now I'm very good. Now I'm here. I'm
0: in the room. Now things are fine.
3: Nice one. Nice
0: one. Dean's also having to to overcome the fact that he's wearing our horrible Oasis as well. (laughs) This is our best kit. I'm, go- I'm,
3: I'm just going to level, I'm going to give Dean some support, I bought that kit with Mount on the other day after that game against Portals, like, it's got to be done, that kit as grim as I thought it was at the start of the season's iconic, and we're going to win the Champions League in that kit, so um, it's got to be done, <laughs> right, as always with guests, I get them to give themselves a little plug, but obviously Dean and Chich both, you know, part of Chelsea Fancast, so Chich, I'll let you introduce and tell the listeners about the wonderful thing that is the Chelsea, po- the Chelsea Fancast.
0: Okay, right. Well, um, we're we're a really new uh, podcast for Chelsea. (laughs) We've uh, been going for 13 years now. So so you would have thought we'd have actually got better with practice. But actually, the reality is we get worse every week. Isn't that Mm -hmm. right, Dean?
2: (laughs) I'm saying nothing, Jim.
0: No, (laughs) I mean, no, we started in 2008. And funnily enough, actually, around this time of the year. And and I mean, I've just written an article for Football London about you know, coincidences, uh, you know, and parallels between this season and and uh, and 2012. And um, you know, it's ironic because we started off doing the, the the fan cast literally after the first leg of the Champions League against Liverpool. Um, I think it must have been the branner two goal, Brana Rovanovic. And um and, and, and there we go. And the, oh, no, it was before, it was the Moscow final, so it might not have been that one. Anyway, whatever. We we started in 2008. We've been going strong ever since. We've got a great team of people. Uh, you know, I, my, my sidekick is uh, Jonathan Kidd, but we've got a really good team of people, most of whom write for CFC UK or who are well-known Chelsea authors. And, of course, the best of the bunch, I'm bound to say, is the absolutely fabulous Dean, who, uh, who is the future podfather.
3: Yeah. I-
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: as, long as, he doesn't, as long as he doesn't wear that shirt when he's doing the Chelsea fancast.
3: And Dean, obviously, is part of a, you know you're part of Chelsea fancast, but you do your own show on the magnificent team it is, the Chelsea women's team, who are also in a Champions League semi-final this year. Dean, what you know, just give that a little plug and you know tell people what they can expect from that as well.
2: Yeah, so I was doing some writing for the Chelsea fancast, and then you know just for the price of a few Guinnesses, Chidge let me on. The fan cast as well, sort of from what, that,
0: what's the role about coming on the fan cast, Dean?
2: You have to buy ginger beer
0: where in the cock, yeah, the cock tavern. Cock I don't, tavern. don't want people
2: talking, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cock tavern, just for the price of what price of one Guinness you can get on the Chelsea fan cast. Well,
0: I had to like you as well, of course. That is true, but so I if did you don't
2: like you more Guinnesses. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it was one Guinness, so I'm we lucky with that, yeah. And then, <laughs> Uh, yeah, started went to Mo Kings Meadow, which is the podcast on Chelsea Women um, November last year, uh, which Chidge um, edits and publishes on the Chelsea Fancast platform. So if you want to listen to it, you have to subscribe to the Chelsea Fancast. And yeah, both um, the you know, the shows have been really well taken, and obviously it helps that the team are fantastic.
3: Yeah, exactly, and both both, both lads' socials will be in the description we will below. Can, I,
0: can i just say nick because um you know dean's far too humble to say this so I'll, I'll say it for him you know if anybody knows how bloody hard it is to do a podcast from scratch it's me because i've been doing it pretty much longer than everybody else and dean is fantastic i mean it, it was i could tell it was quite hard work first two or three episodes but he gets better and better and better every week he structures a really fine show it's it's fascinating listening to it he gets some great guests on and i tell you he's becoming a he's becoming a really accomplished podcaster so well done dean if you haven't listened to it i commend it to you
3: yeah, and exactly. Well, and look, you know, there's not there's not just one team at Chelsea, there's multiple teams and the Chelsea women's team are arguably better, <laughs> arguably as good, if not better than the men's team, you know, having a brilliant season. So make sure you check it out. And as I said, links will be in the description below. But as I sort of touched on the start, it's been a brilliant week for Chelsea. First Champions League f- semi-final since 2014. For those who don't know, Jack and I were fifteen at the time. We hadn't sat our GCSEs, so time really does fly. Um, but Jack, you know, just overall, just like feelings about being in a Champions League semi-final again the first time in forever. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely buzzing. Um, it, it's just such a special competition. I know some people argue you can get lucky draws, etc., and go all the way when you might not deserve to, but that's the magic of it, and just just to hear the Champions League anthem before the games always gets you hyped up for it. Um, and like you said, for for it to be the first time in seven years, it's it's been a long time coming. Um, and we've got this far. We want we want to try and go all the way and get to Istanbul and and go and win it now.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chidge. You know, it was a really professional performance, a really professional shit house Chelsea performance where we didn't have a shot on target till the till injury time in the, like the ninety first, ninety second minute, or whatever. But you know, we really nullified Porto, and apart from you know a stunning overhead kick late on, you know, Porto never really looked like scoring, did they?
0: Well, he, let's be honest, Nick, he shanked it. You know, he shanked it. That was that was not like a Zidane esque overhead kick. Which I think he did against Valencia in the in the Champions League final, the, the the lucky son of a you know what shanked it. But anyway, I am I am I mean Dean will be laughing his head off because he knows me very, very well. You you could probably not find a happier Chelsea supporter than me right now. Stick your blimmin' tippy tappy pretty football where the sun don't shine, mate. Give me shithousery every day of the week. You know, and I am I am loving it. I am loving it. I mean, the way that Tuchel has has got this side to actually be disciplined, to work hard, to be organised, to to, ma- to manage the game, in-game management, and, and throw in an, a bit of shithousery for, for giggles as well. I am so loving it. I said on... I mean, Dean will know this. I said on our, on our WhatsApp group just after the game, you know, I, I, think, I think that Tuchel arguably is is tactically as a student a manager that we have had since prime Mourinho in terms of managing games I mean I know I laugh with you and said I, sh- I, w- I felt like I should be wearing depends for the last 10 minutes but I mean were we really ever in any danger today were we really in any danger against Porto I'd say no and that goes down to great tactical setup great uh, coaching and great uh, discipline performances by the team and you know that it, that's what you need to win trophies that's what wins you trophies not pretty ticker of football this is this is what it's about I'm loving it. every minute of it as you can tell
3: yeah Dean you know I, I don't want to spend too long on the game because to be fair there's not a huge amount to talk about but one player who was taking hit after hit after hit for us was Christian Pulisic. I think he's the most fouled player in a Champions League game over the last five years. Um, you know, credit to him. He was basically our main outball against Porto and he really did his job, didn't
2: he? Yeah, I mean, it's what we think about Christian Pulisic. You know, Chich it on the fancast a lot. You know, when he's fit, he's our best player. He's our most dynamic attacking player, and, and Porto, you know, knew the only way to stop him is to kick him up in the air. And to be fair to him, he got up every time, and you know, that's you know something that we haven't seen from him. Really, you know, would have been expecting him with his injury maybe to stay down and ask to come off, but he, um, you know, he battled through and you know put in a, a top performance for us. And you know, on another day, you know, we do win that game and you don't lose one nil. But you know, happy to lose one nil and go through.
3: Yeah, and Dean, a strong showing from the midfield duo of N'Golo Kante and Jorginho.
2: As expected, of course, with Jorginho in the midfield, you're going to get a solid midfield performance with no complaints
0: from anybody. <laughs> you're looking at me, Dean. I know you are. Why is Chid wrong? It's never, it never happens, mate. But look, you know, and I've, you and I have said this in the past, if and when Jorginho plays really, really well, I'm the first to say he's played really really well and he was excellent against Porto. I think he really really was. Credit where it's due. I think he was excellent again today by the way. I think he was he was arguably one of one of our best players today. Uh, arguably better perhaps than Kanté, although that would be perhaps stretching it, but on his day he's a great great player, but he can he's got some shockers in him too. Let's let's be fair.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But Jorginho gets a really, you know, put a really strong showing in. And again, you know, Porto, to be fair, credit to them. They didn't make it easy for us to play. You know, they they were on us a lot. We struggled sort of keeping hold of the ball. But one thing I was a bit confused about, lads, is Porto were 2-0 down and there didn't really seem to be that much intent to actually try and overturn a deficit. Chidge, um, I guess it was it was a really weird game where Porto stopped us from playing, but they forgot to play themselves. I
0: thought it was... Really, really poor, actually. I mean, you know, they, they've they clearly got some decent players that could have hurt us. Um, you know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that we've got weaknesses. But they they just... they, I mean, like you said a minute ago about Pulisic, they were just intent on fouling us all game long. And it was utter, utter stupidity. It really was. And, I mean, the fact that they got that goal at the end is just such a... It's so out of context with that whole match. I mean, you know, if you were going to be really uh, amusing about it, it was quite a boring match. I mean, they were no threat to us whatsoever. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, you, you talked about Pulisic, and I think Pulisic was brilliant on the night because, I mean, when I say it was a Hazard-esque performance, I don't mean that he played like prime Eden Hazard, but what he was, he was a superb outball for us. And he took the pressure off time and time again by carrying the ball from the halfway line and attacking them, taking the hit and getting up again. I think that was a really huge performance for Pulisic mentally, actually, because I think we've all been worried about how frail he can be. And to go and do, do that and take it for the team. I mean, my, my praise for him knows no bounds. I thought it was a very brave, courageous performance. And I think psychologically that might do him a lot of good and that can only be good for Chelsea.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Christian Pulisic turning up at the business end of the season, right where we need him. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to dwell too long on Porto. Obviously, you know, it wasn't an amazing game, but Chelsea got the job done, and that's all that, you know, Tie was about. It wasn't vintage Chelsea over two legs, but they got the job done fairly comfortably, and that's all that you can really, really ask for. But we move on to today, or tomorrow when you're hearing miss, we've just beaten Manchester City in the FA Cup semi-final and dare I say it was slightly comfortable and by, by comfortable I mean is the fact that, you know, while I was a bit nervous given, you know, the quality City have, Kepper, who was in goal for us, didn't actually really have any saves to make, Jack. No,
1: nothing, nothing. Yes. That header in the last, yes. last minute, that was all I've really seen. Um Again, just we've already alluded to today we were just so disciplined. I thought the first half we were really good. The full-backs getting up the pitch um, and playing really high and then when Man City were getting on the ball, they dropped back in and we were almost a five at the back with those two in front in Jorginho and Kante. And Again, we got the job done and we we made one of the best teams under Pep Guardiola look bang average today if you ask me. They didn't didn't uh threaten us at all really and like we said goes down to the management and how much we've improved our our defending um yeah and it was just a great result to get to another another final the fourth in five years and we just hope that we we go and actually finish the job this year because we we should have really won it last year as well yeah Dean I
3: want to kind of give special praise to both both our wing backs today because they've they were, you know, causing City problems and, you know, we played sort of that cross ball out to, to the wing backs, you know, Reese putting good balls in, Chilwell, you know, arguably snatched a, a, a chance in the first half, but they put, you know, both Reese James and Ben Chilwell, not only, you know, today, but they're, you know, they're starting to grow into these roles as well, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I thought they were fantastic. And, you know, City couldn't really handle what we were sort of doing without wide players and especially with Mason sort of hanging that left-hand side as well. It's a tactic that City used on us previously when they'd beaten us and we did it to them and they didn't really know how to respond. You know, Reese James is, you know, I love him. He, I think he's fantastic. So he's such a unit as well. And he, he puts his body, you know, in the way nine times out of 10 as well. Chilwell's growing on me, you know, can't say I was a massive fan, but I think, you know, he's he is getting better and better. And under Tuchel, I think all the players are, you know, improving tenfold. They're playing with an intelligence, you know, that they didn't have previously at the start of the season. And that will come from the coach. And if they can continue this, you know, trajectory, you know, these two teams we saw today, Chelsea and City, are going to be battling out for the title next season.
3: Yeah, obviously our goal today, Mason Mount plays a lovely ball, sort of over the top. Timo Werner, you know, runs onto him and lays it on a plate for Hakim Ziyech. Chid, you know, Hakim Ziyech's Chelsea career, stop start, I think, would be a fair way you know, to describe it. We've seen some really good performances like today. Uh, like we saw against Athletico in the second leg but then he's also you know not played for you know a little period of games but how encouraging was it to see not only Hakim Ziyech put in a strong form stable also Timo Werner you know contribute to the team in a positive way today given the fact that you know how well we played against Crystal Palace without him
0: I mean yeah I mean the Palace the Palace game was the best I've seen us play in an attacking sense and I thought we looked quite city-esque at the time and not just because we were wearing sky blue shirts um, I'm. I'm. I mean, I didn't call it at all last time. Actually, I thought I thought that that Tuchel would really be very focused on wanting to win his first trophy, so would pick his best team. And I think right now the best team is Pulisic, Mount, and and Havertz, kind of in this false nine position. Although I hate to say that, but actually, I, I, I in the back of my mind, I thought, well, actually, you know, the best way to 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 you know to hit City is on the break, and actually you know, that's what Werner does best. Last shoulder of the defender. He's that kind of a player. So it it made a lot of sense that he started today. Um, And I, you know, yeah, I mean, he did really, really well. I mean, he he still got got to get his offside radar, right? Um, And he had that horrible, feeble shot, having been brilliant for running about 60 yards. But It's so difficult, isn't it? You know, we we were sold Werner on the basis that he was a guy that will score us 20-25 goals. He is patently going to fail to do that this season. Um and he and he does remind me a bit of a bit you know of Torres in a way. I mean, completely different players. I mean, I don't think that Timo Werner is in any way, shape, or form a number nine, a traditional number nine. He is an inside forward. But like Torres. He's battled away through a horrible, horrible crisis of confidence and running form. And the minimum requirement, I mean, this will make you youngsters laugh, but, you know, when I first started going to Chelsea, most of the players were absolutely shit. Um, so the minimum requirement, you would walk away relatively happy if they all put in 100% and they did the best that they could. And I think, you know, in a funny sense, Werner's doing that. He's, he's doing the best he can at the moment, and he's contributing to the team. You know, he's, I mean, another assist. I mean, somebody who knows their stats will tell me how many he's got this season, but he's got quite a few. So at the very least, he is contributing, even if he's not contributing in the way that we all hoped and expected him to. So fair play to him. And, and Ziyech, to, to talk about him for a minute, I thought, you know, a really encouraging performance. I mean, poor old Ziyech has got a lot of stick, but people seem to forget that, you know, it's his first season in the Premier League as well. It's a massive step up in quality, and in pace, and in physicality than the Eredivisie. Um, you know, and it's a shock. And, I mean, he won't be – he's not the first foreign star to come over to the Premier League and struggle in his first years, and he won't be the last. But he's clearly got a lot of talent. He's an intelligent footballer. And I thought his movement today was exceptional. And, and, and I mean, you know, he was effectively playing in the false nine, and that's not his position at all, really. Um, and I thought he was excellent. I really was. And I thought on the goal, he did brilliantly because Werner actually crossed it and put it behind him and he still managed to shank it in. So fair play to him. And, you know, he, I, I think he'll get better and better for us. You know, I really do like, like Havertz. I think the more these guys play, the more they get used to the Premier League, the better they will get. And I also think that a lot of credit needs to go to Tuchel because he's clearly coaching them very, very effectively at the moment and, 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 and showing the patience that we need with these guys.
1: Yeah. Can I just yeah. Exactly. Say as well, I think um, you can really see from ZEYK from when he was at Ajax as well, but he's really showing it for us now that he's a he's a big game player at Ajax in that Champions League run. He scored goals against Madrid, Tottenham, and then for us he scored against Sheffield United in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. Scored today in the semi-final, got an important goal against Atletico at the Bridge. So. I, I think I think he's, yeah, a really uh, big game player and if he can continue to show that towards the end of the season, then that'll be really important for us. Well
3: yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, he he's say struggled a bit this season, a bit stop stop. If he performs in big games, that's only going to give him more confidence. But also, you know, the fans more confidence in him that there is a player there is a player in there. Jack Obligatory Mason Mount had a good game, didn't he? Had Fernand- He was running rings around fern- Fernandinho. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was. He, <laughs> the old man was struggling to keep up with him, wasn't he? And just doing anything to bring him down. And Mason was still like pushing him away and getting away. Um, yeah, you just ex- expect a seven or eight out of ten performance from him every week, and he he delivers on most occasions. Uh, and like we've discussed already, the the weight of the past for Werner was it was exceptional. Werner running at speed in behind and he's put it on a plate for him. It's just like slowing down at the perfect, perfect time for Werner to take a touch and put across in the box. So, yeah, another top performance from Mason. I don't know if he was carrying a slight injury when he came off. They were sort of alluding to in commentary, but hopefully that's a... That's, uh, just precautionary, and they took him off with plenty of time left, to be fair.
3: Quick, just a quick yes or no answer. Fernandinho lucky to avoid any punishment for his stamp, chidge.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, he could have got a yellow, I think, quite easily. Um, I actually thought the other foul he did on Mason Mount was much worse, and I was astonished he didn't get a yellow card for that. You know where where basically Dean Dean allowed play to go on uh, to give Chelsea advantage, but actually that was a much nastier foul that should have been a yellow. So actually, if he'd have been given a yellow for the the stamp, although I think fair enough, they gave him the benefit of the doubt. Um, if it had had a yellow there, he should have got a yellow for the second one. He should have been off. That's a very long answer for a yes or no, wasn't it, Nick? Sorry, <laughs> Dean. Yes or no? Did did, enough, did you get a bit lucky?
2: He should do the lottery tonight jerk yes or no did Fernandinho get a bit lucky
1: nah not enough contact for me
3: fair enough fair enough I thought yeah it's yeah probably not enough not enough for a card I guess you know the next topic of conversation you know was the selection of Kepa obviously he's played every round of the FA Cup so far However, as we've seen in the past, certain managers, when they get to this stage of the competition, they come up against a, the bigger sides. They put in their first choice keeper, but you know, Chich, albeit Kepper wasn't really tested, but you know, a, a good decision, you know, vindicated by by Thomas Tuchel.
0: Well, I mean, oh. you could you could say he got away with it, couldn't you, Nick? I mean, I I wouldn't have picked Kepper at all. You know, sentiment can you know disappear when you get to a semi-final or a final and I mean it, it's interesting you know Pep interviewed before the match said oh I've picked Stefan because I always pick my reserve keeper for for the cup competitions because it's fair well bollocks to fairness you know Mendy has been an exceptionally well maybe that's a bit too much to say he's been an exceptionally good keeper for Chelsea but he's been a lot better than Kepa has there's no doubt about that and, uh, and if I'm if I'm Mendy I'm thinking I want to play in a big match and there's a semi-final. And you're right, you know, Kepa did all right. You know, he wasn't really tested at all. Um, I mean, I noticed two things. He dropped the ball at that corner in injury time, you know, which could have been a bit disastrous. And he he still stays rooted to the line whenever the ball goes high in the box. You know, when there's a crowd of players there, you know, he doesn't go for it. You know, he may be be a talented keeper. He, He may be just going through a horrible run of form, but I think fundamentally he's not big enough. You know, keepers these days are a 6-6 minimum, big lumps like Mendy is. They're imposing. And I don't think Kepper is.
3: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Dean, I guess, you know, sort of alluded to it earlier, but another strong showing in midfield today from godo Kante and Jorginho, you know, and against the side that, press, you know, you would press us, they dealt with it pretty well, didn't they?
2: Yeah, what Tuchel's done you know, very well is you know, make sure them win backs are, are sticking in to that sort of midfield four, so to speak, and really protecting them. You know, when they get opened up, as they did do against West Brom, when we lost Thiago Silva, went to 10 men, the game opened up for us and, you know, we really got ripped to shreds. Um, you know, keeping that compact and that tight means that is not getting run round because there's no space behind him for anyone to run. So they're going to have to pass the ball to get through us then we're able to keep it tight. And, you know, when you've got, you know, two Angolos in midfield, you know, you've got an extra man there already. So,
0: Cante you know, Kante does a great job protecting Jorginho. Yeah. I mean, not that he shouldn't, but I think it needs to be acknowledged that Jorginho and Kante together is perfect because Kante can fill in all those gaps that Jorginho might get exposed in.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm a big fan of Jorginho, but I accept that he has you know limitations and weaknesses. Tuchel has been able to to mask them, you know, extremely well since he's come in and showcased you know the best bits of Jorginho which perhaps you know are best suited to a different division in a different country um rather than in England. But
0: I'm calling him a second division player, Dean.
2: <laughs> not a second division.
0: <laughs> you said a different maybe division.
1: A, maybe
2: a Serie a seri- art division player.
0: Um
2: <laughs>
1: I no, definitely, no, I agree. I was yeah. just going to say that, uh, like, Kante's got weaknesses in his game. I was getting pretty pissed off with him in the first half, to be honest. He kept giving the ball away, left, right, centre, probably nearly 10 times. And, um, yeah, it was just very frustrating to watch. But then, obviously, you, Kante's one of those players that should be undroppable because of what he does off the ball and the amount of ball recoveries he brings to the team sending us on counterattacks is he's just the best the best at it uh the best about so the two of them together definitely complement each other and have something that the other doesn't have so yeah that's I agree with the boys and think that 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 midfield pairing definitely is the is the one that works the best
3: I guess just a quick shout you know to the defense you know Dave, you know, just taking, you know, cynical fouls at the end, but just you know, pretty throwing his body on the line, and then you know, Tiago Silva as well, just chid, you know, kind of just you know, you know, old school Chelsea, just bodies on the line type thing. It was really nice to see today, wasn't it?
0: Well, it just goes to show, you know, much as we we were a bit, I mean, you know, I think a few of us had the hump that he was so quick to to kind of you know get rid of the youngsters and put the experienced players in. But when it comes to the defence, providing they've still got their legs, you cannot beat experience in defence. And when you when you looked at that defence today, that back three of Aspilicueta, you know, Rudiger and Silva, look at the experience and in the international, well, I mean, Dave didn't really do too well for Spain, but there's a huge amount of experience in that back three. It's no accident, as far as I'm concerned, that I think uh, Aspilicueta has paid more minutes than anybody else under Tuchel. You know, Tuchel really rates him, I think, and really trusts him. And he was brilliant today. They all were. Rudiger, I thought, was phenomenal today. Silva clearly played most of the match with a knack back. So fair play to him. But I think, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier and 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 what we were saying about the, the, the tactical setup um that uh, Tuchel's uh, implemented, you know, pretty much since uh, the Atletico, you know, the really big games, the Atletico and Madrid, both those games, the Porto games, and now today, he's. we've been playing 5 3 2 without the ball. And it's made such a difference. You know, Mount dropping back with Kante and Jorginho to make a three, and the two wing backs coming back to make a five. And that is making us really, really hard to break down and play against. And I think combined with, you know, the pace that we've got up front, so a quick out ball over the top. Or the wing backs, who I think, uh, I mean, Jack, Jack, and this is, I think, why Chilwell's getting more games, uh, Dino, because, you know, he and he and James are, are athletic enough to get up and down really quick. And that's what they were t- required to do. Jack was talking earlier on, wasn't he, about we play with the wing backs up really, really high today. When we don't have the ball, they're making a back five. I mean, you know, the athleticism required to do that is beyond dear old Alonso, who I love to pieces. But you know, it's it's just a brilliant tactical setup and we are so hard to break down at the moment. It's wonderful to see, I have to say, I love it.
3: Yeah, I'm going to sort of move on to the listener questions. I and mean, we've actually got a question, you know, sort of linked into a bit what we are talking about earlier. It comes in from Travis. He goes, is this the best Chelsea have been since the best manager in football, Antonio Conte, was at the helm? He's a big Antonio Conte fan. But, you know, we, you sort of talked about earlier about Prime Jose. Is this the best best Chelsea have been, you know, in a long a long time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. I mean, fair play, Travis. I, I, I love uh, Conte. In fact, Dean, Dean might remember this. I can't remember if he was on the show when I, when, I, when I went out there. I do tend to do this, don't I, Dean? I go all out, you know. There's no, 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 no grey areas. There's grey in my hair, but not, not in my outlook. Uh, and True. I think that Antonio Conte is pound for pound the best manager we've ever had. I really, really do. I think what he did, you know, before he threw his, his, you know spat his dummy out that summer is quite remarkable to, to get a tune out of the team that he had then. Okay, I know we had Hazard, but I mean, I was there at, high, uh, at the Emirates when we got absolutely duffed and, and to turn it around like he did. Absolutely phenomenal. And then you see what he does in Italy. Um, I still think, having said that, I, I just think that Mourinho in that, that first iteration for that kind of two, three-year period was just quite phenomenal but in a sense you know in some respects quite one-dimensional I am really excited by Tuchel because I just I just think I think you know he he could be kind of a real blend between the two you know I think I think he's I think he's got more attacking instincts than both Mourinho uh and Conte I mean Mourinho is the great disruptor you know he he, I mean it's wrong to say all he ever did at Chelsea was play ugly football because you don't play ugly football when you've got the likes of Damien Duff and Arjen Robin playing for you and Frank Lampard. But, you know, he was a real disruptor. Conte, I think, was more defensive in a weird old way. I mean, this is the Italian nature to to play kind of Catanaccio style. Tuchel is different. I think he likes to attack. He likes attacking players. But he understands that if you don't have the ball, you can't attack. If you don't win the ball back quickly, you can't attack. If you don't pass it around really quickly and get up the field quickly doing that, you can't score goals. But if you don't have a decent defense, which is solid and organized and disciplined, you don't even get past first base because you're always going to be a goal or two behind. So I think, he's, I think he's a really interesting blend of the two, perhaps. And I am, I'm really excited about where he can take this team at the moment. I really am.
3: Yeah, Dean. I kind of full optimist, and this is this is the impossible question, really. But Dan Hill, right here, right now, do you see Tuchel staying at Chelsea for the long term?
0: Uh, we sat next season. <laughs> uh, well,
2: if though so Chelsea long term, that's two seasons. So <laughs> no, that him, long,
0: Dean? Definitely see him
2: being here next season for for the for the majority. You know, Chelsea don't do long term, and yeah, I think we should. You know, after Lampard, you should forget that notion of ever existing because it's not something that they're going to do because it doesn't reward them in the way that this does you know every sort of two years they get a new manager new ideas you know and they win titles so when you put the arguments for and against it you don't have a leg to stand on so no Tuchel won't be a long time to just
0: enjoy it while it happens
3: yeah Pierce sort of follow-up to that is can we win the league next season
2: absolutely
0: just a quick caveat on, yeah. on all of that, really, Nick. Um, you know, because I've just realised I've, I've, I've got a bit overexcited about Tuchel in relation to Conte and, and Mourinho. I, I stand by what I say, but he's got to win some trophies because Conte did. You know, Conte won the league, he won the FA Cup. Mourinho won loads of trophies for us. Tuchel's got to win some trophies. But I think potentially what we could have is a manager on our hands who is a blend of those two and, and perhaps as good yeah Definitely.
1: i'll just back up what the boys have said and i think when you watch us now and we go one nil up we it doesn't look like there's going to be anyone stopping us it seems like Jose back in the day you'd go one up and the game's gone there there and then um and and it's really exciting to watch i think also with the with the conte thing and we've spoken about the the similar formation etc and i think that's been really important um for this team, when you've got someone like Azpi that played with Conte in that back three, you've got Kante. So you've got these players that have done these kind of jobs before and were mainstays in that team. And they've been shining shining under Tuchel as well. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can we can go and challenge and win the league. I mean, when you see, see things like in just 81 days as Chelsea manager, Tuchel's beaten Guardiola, Klopp... Simeone twice, Mourinho and Ancelotti, and we haven't conceded a goal against any of them, that's that's pretty decent stat. I know you've got to go go and back it up and win some trophies, but we're still in the hunt at the moment, so long may it continue.
0: I mean, that's the interesting thing, isn't it, Jack? Because right now, right now, he's no better than Ranieri. Ranieri got us to the semi-final of a Champions League and an FA Cup final. Of course, he got knocked out of, of the of the semi final, and he lost against Arsenal in the FA Cup, you know. But let's let's see. So let's see. But I think potentially this guy, this guy is this guy's the real deal, no doubt about it.
3: Okay, next question comes in from RJ. He goes: Firstly, great guests. Secondly, what were some of the things that that stood out for you over the past two games that maybe some fans might have overlooked? Are you you know? Play a player or in players or Tuchel. Cool. Was there anything that sort of stood out for you over these last two games, Chidge?
0: Well, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure most, most, most of us would have, would have seen it. But I, I, I mean, I, as I said, I think it's just that, that it's just the difference in the mentality. You know, I, I had a real bitch about the players recently and modern players. What a grumpy old man I am, just thinking about it. But anyway, basically saying that, you know, these bloody youngsters, they can't think for themselves. You know, they have to be told 38 different ways to take a throw in or whatever. And the minute something happens in a game, they don't know what to do. But, you know, when you looked at how they were playing, that's how they looked. But what, I was re- what I've was, what i been most impressed by was just their mentality. They're, they're, they're working for each other. They're working as a team. There's clearly leadership, something that we have moaned about a lot for The last three or four years, so there's no bloody leaders anymore. Well, clearly, they are, they are, there are leaders in that team, and they're showing it all over the pitch. And it's just that cohesiveness, that calmness, that ability to think on their feet and work for each other. That's that's perhaps what might have gone under the radar a bit from people because we do focus really just on you know the kind of the key points of the games. But I've been really impressed by that,
3: yeah, Jack. You know, something I sort of mentioned, you know, while things are going, I was like, I will wait to see what happens because. Um, you know these players have got a habit of letting us down, but aside from you know aside from that West Brom one-off game, they've been pretty flawless, have not they?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> not much more to add to that. Everyone's everyone's been putting in proper shifts. I'm just gonna uh, link something to that. Like someone like Zieck, everyone questioned in the first few games, would he put in a put in a shift? He seems like one of those players. It's not going for a mill. Yeah, but we, shrugges, shrugges we, you know, shoulders.
3: we got, uh, you know, you ripped into him after we lost 3-1 home to City for him not tracking back for the yeah. City's fair yeah. goal.
1: Exactly. And then you see the difference today, chasing everything, closing things down, uh, even just lost causes up the pitch. Um, yeah, so that, that's something I've seen in him. But, um, yeah.
3: Fair enough, fair enough. Uh Dean, next question comes in from good friend of yours and good friend of ours, Rob Prattley. He goes, how does it feel knowing Thomas Tuchel's only weakness is Sam Allardyce? Uh, yeah, it feels pretty good because
2: he's not gonna be in Europe, is
3: he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big free freewheeling baggies. You know, we don't play them every week, so it's fine, they can't stuff us. <laughs> um, five two. Well, perhaps a we'll slightly more serious question it comes in from Jess. She goes, does Timo start against Brighton on Tuesday? You know, obviously, you know, a strong showing from him today. Chid, would you, you know, thrust Timo in against Brighton or would you be inclined to say, now nah, we'll, you know, Pulisic only, Pulisic came off the bench today, start Christian Pulisic against Brighton?
0: That's a really good <laughs> question, isn't it? Because, um, I mean, really, if, if I'm Tommy Tuchel, I've got, I've got one eye on on the Saturday following against West Ham, which is the living definition of a six-pointer, isn't it? Um, it's uh, I, I'm inclined to say no, actually. Um, not not because I've got a downer on Timo. I think he did all right today. Um, I still don't see him. I, I just don't. I, I I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I've got one kind of uh, tip. So put all of your money on this: that Timo Werner will uh, score a breakaway goal and round the keeper in the second leg of the Champions League against uh, Real Madrid to take us through in in a true Torres style. But, I mean, I don't actually see him scoring a goal for the rest of the season. He just doesn't look like he's going to. But I don't think it'll suit him against Brighton. You know, they've got some, you know, physical, big, hairy ass. I mean, you know, Dunk's a a good centre-back. And I just don't think he'll get the time and the space. And they're not going to play a high line against us, I don't think. I mean, Dino, I I don't watch Brighton, but Dino's a big... uh, you know he takes all you know he watches all the matches and stuff and I don't but no okay there you go so no
1: i don't think they will they're they're possession based team aren't yeah. they so no nah, I, I don't I see him
0: playing a high line jack that's for sure so i'd say no i mean what what is more interesting um you know i think i think we probably all agree that from what we've seen so far it looks like the best attacking three we've got on form at the moment are Pulisic, mount and havertz actually um, so I'm inclined to play that. But, you know, what, what's happening with Giroud and Tammy? I mean, I've got a theory about Tammy. Gage, I know uh,
3: before you go, on, we have got a question about uh, the Tammy situation. So I will let you elaborate on that in well, a minute.
0: All, all right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hold my fire on that. But I mean, you know, the reality is I don't think Tuchel likes proper number nines. I just don't think it suits the way he wants to play. He wants to play with, you know, I mean, a bit like Liverpool do with with three fairly nimble, you know smaller not hairy ass players a lot of modern teams do that so you know in a sense I kind of hope he goes Pulisic Mountain Habits because I think that's our best three but I think he might have one eye on West Ham so who knows
3: well exactly and West Ham losing to Newcastle today was a big big surprise and a big shock you know made, made the weekend that bit better with Everton and Spurs drawing Friday night West Ham Losing, it's you know been pretty pretty good so far. If Leeds can do us a favour against Liverpool on Monday night. It's been a very, very good weekend for Chelsea. But Chidge was just about to talk about Tammy Abraham, just there, and the question comes in from a Mark. I nearly
0: did, I nearly did a Jonathan Kidd, uh, Nick.
3: Yes, don't worry, Chidge. Always. Uh, and Mark goes, what do we think of the Tammy situation? Obviously, you know, before the game started today, there was a the big news from you know Matt Law that Tammy wasn't going to be on the nine-man bench today. For the FA Cup, which I, I can't like, it disappointed me when I see when I see that we have Marcus Alonso and Emerson both there. You know, it doesn't. I mean, I, listeners well, might
1: yeah, like. He, see, he sees Emerson <laughs> as a uh, number ten now, so. That be ugh, em- Emerson argument, making us. Sp- it? Emerson
3: sitting on that. Oh, Emerson on that bench. Just ugh, I don't like him. I don't like him. He's one one of a few one of a few players I don't actually like or rate particularly in this team. So it did, it did annoy me when I see Emerson on the bench today instead of Tammy Abraham. But Billy Gilmore was on the bench, so I can't complain too much. But Chich, what do we think of the Tammy situation? Is there you know Tuchel just doesn't rate him? Is there maybe some politics upstairs with the fact you know the contract or what is it? Well. I... I
0: I saw some rumours today about, um, you know, there might be some contractual issues there. I'm not buying that. I just don't like, as I said, I just don't think he fancies him. I don't think he likes, you know, big, you know, proper number nines. You know, I think I think that Tuchel, you know, he, he's a modern manager. You know, I mean, he he's a great uh, Pep Guardiola acolyte. You know, I think he wants to see goals that are basically walked into the net, like City do. That's that's what he likes. We saw a bit of that. Last weekend against Palace, and it's lovely when you see it. I, I, I beg to differ. I like big old hairy ass number nines who just score goals. I don't care how ugly they are, because it's all about winning. But I think, I think, I think the issue is perhaps broader than that. Um, and I think this is very much kind of underlines who and where we are as a club again. Tammy in Tuchel's head is not good enough to go and win us the Chelsea, uh, the Champions League or the Premier League title as our main striker, you'd have to be stark raving mad to disagree with him. Much as I love Tammy, but I think he's right. The thing, the trouble is, is that in three or four years' time, Tammy Abraham might be good enough to lead the line at Chelsea and help us win the Champions League and the Premier League. But the trouble is, this is Chelsea Football Club, and they want us to be doing that now. And if Tammy's not ready now, and remember, he's not. I mean, you know, Erlen Haaland's what twenty twenty one. Tammy's 24 so he's not necessarily you know all this kind of "well, he's a youngster from the academy well he's 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 he's, you know he's already 24 a lot of strikers are beginning to get into their peak by then so I have a suspicion that Tammy will go in the summer I have a suspicion that it's very basically that 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 Tuchel just doesn't rate him uh, qualitatively and also systemically and I think it's a huge huge shame and uh, on the supporters' trust, the uh, the other week we had a we had a, one of our special meetings and we had Pat Nevin on uh, as the guest. Pat, uh, you know, a huge hero of mine from back in the day, and and Pat had something really interesting to say about Tammy because I, I I rate Tammy highly. I think he will develop into a phenomenally good striker. Pat thinks the same, but what Pat said is that he needs to fill out, you know, because he's too wiry. You know, he just doesn't have that bulk. That you need as a striker, and and he, you know, Pat was saying it's a bit, you know, that people fill out at different ages. You know, some people fill out when they're eighteen, some at twenty-five, some some a bit a bit longer. And and Tammy, it's taking him a while, but when he when he's physically at his peak and he's filled out a bit and he's a bit of a unit, then he's going to be a real handful. But he he's not at the moment, and I and I suspect that Chelsea just they're not a club that will give people time. So I have I have a suspicion that he'll probably go because he will want to play.
3: Yeah, but I mean, Dion, you know, to be fair, I don't think we've got, you know, people campaigning actively for Tammy Abraham to be leading the line for just, but I think there is, you know, surprise that he can't make the bench. You know, does that disappoint you, the fact that when you see we've got Marcus Alonso and Emerson both on various wing backs, we also have that backup centre back? So any, you know, idea of Emerson maybe being a specialist left centre back kind of goes out window. Does it frustrate you that Tammy can't even get a place on the bench?
2: It's a, it's a weird one because you know he scores goals, but you know his, his gameplay, in my opinion, is pretty dreadful. Yeah, you know, I don't think there's any intelligence in his game whatsoever. Uh, I think that's probably why Tuchel doesn't rate him. I think there's also a personality clash between the two because Tammy is a bit of a joker and a, you know he's lively in the dressing room, and he, he needs to work on his game. And perhaps Tuchel's thinking, you know, why is this guy joking in my dressing room when he's not doing simple things that I'm asking him to do in in training to get into the team and perhaps he's not sort of, he's pushed him aside now and said, you know, that's, you know, that's, I'm not giving him any more chances to sort of become the player, the striker that I want him to be. It's interesting that Chelsea are looking at Haaland and all Lukaku to come in as a number nine. We're perhaps suggesting that he doesn't want the number nine. Um, it doesn't frustrate me because I don't rate Tammy Abraham, you know, as a top-class centre forward, but I do agree that he scores goals and having him on the bench is probably
0: better than having him at home.
3: Fair enough, Chid, I got the sense you were wanting
0: to chime in there. Well, I mean, one, one thing I would, would take issue with, not, not just with Dino, but with, with Tuchel, is the bullshit he keeps saying out is that he's had a chance. He's he's, he's had a, no chances at all. I mean, Tuchel admitted mm. the other day that he's taken him off for tactical reasons. Well, that's fine. He's the manager. That's what he gets paid to do. And then, of course, Tammy got injured, which was a real shame because it, it meant that he didn't have a chance to go and impress on the training pitch. But, you know... If you compare the chances that Timo has had all season with the chances that Tammy has had, then there's a massive disparity. So I think it's completely untrue and disingenuous to say that he's had a decent chance because he hasn't.
3: Yeah, and I think, I think I've sure. I heard a clip from the Londoners Blue Boys with Matt Law, and Matt Law said that Tammy Abrahams had 123 minutes of football. Yeah. Since uh, Tuchel came in, only two number nines in the league have had less Keenan Davis yeah. of Aston Miller, who, yeah. and Eddie Nketiah and of Arsenal. So I By guess
0: the w- By the way, Nick, uh, Matt Law is a Villa fan and Matt Law wants Tammy to go back to Villa, I think.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. Matt Matt oh, Matt Law, that evil Chelsea journalist. How dare he tell true true stories of maybe paper club in a slightly negative light or certain players in a negative light? How dare he?
0: Yeah, he's a very he's a very good journalist. That's let's yes. not be under any illusion here, but he's also a villa fan. And I, I have a suspicion that that, that, that he may actually uh, want Tammy to go to Villa because he's been very kind of they, uppity hasn't he about about the way that the club are treating Tammy
1: yeah well Villa fans he, like love him as well Villa love yeah, Tammy he, he'd love to go back as well and the fans would definitely love him because one of my friends is a big Villa fan and he'd take him back with a snap of the fingers definitely I think but yeah no, I, I was just going to add to what uh, Dino said about uh, like what Tammy's like as a as a character and when you see his interviews and things like that, he's so laid back. Um, and from like seeing him down at Chelsea, he gives up, gives off that vibe all the time. So I don't know. Um, maybe there's slight, slight mentality issue from him there. Maybe that he isn't as willing to to um, like push himself and learn. I don't think that's probably not. That's probably not the case because. When when you see his numbers, um, I saw saw something the other week, and it said that he's twenty three. So goals scored by un, or goal contributions by current under twenty three strikers, and he's top with one hundred and seven. I know he might not be the best link up player, but he scores goals, and that's what you want. Um, but I agree, uh, if Chelsea want to go and win the league, he is not of that stature at the moment, but. If I was him personally, I would next season go go out on loan again. And to be honest, Tuchel probably won't be there the next summer. So then he could come back. And if he's had another year at a, a decent club like Villa in the Prem or a West Ham or a Leicester, then he could come back and, and lead the line for Chelsea.
0: Mm. Yeah. You, you, you could argue, boys, that if Tuchel... Uh, sorry, if, if Tammy was smart, you know, he... he you know, he, he might last longer than Tuchel. You know, yeah. our, our average length of manager is 18 months. So maybe, you know, he can have a year trying to get a few games here and there. But I just can't see him doing that, Jack. I think, I think he's likely to go. The thing about strikers, which we always have to remember, is that they are the most arrogant players on the pitch with <laughs> impenetrable self-belief. You know, it's never their fault. You know, they're always fantastic the manager's always wrong they have to be like that it's you know apart from a goalkeeper they're arguably the most exposed player on the pitch you know they're paid to score goals if they don't do that they're a failure so they have to have this amazing arrogance and self-belief so if he's if he's if if Tammy thinks I mean it's interesting to hear what Tuchel said today that well I didn't put him in the squad because he's suffering a bit in confidence well that's a really interesting statement to make and my response was well it's not bloody surprising when you don't pick him but if, if his self-confidence has, has fallen a bit, that's quite telling because you don't want that as a striker. I, 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 I'm convinced that Tammy will go in the summer because he won't want to be second fiddle there.
3: Yeah, well, no, exactly. And, you know, the strike links don't really seem to be going away. So you'd imagine he, well, might be off. Um, right, the next question comes in from Harry. He goes, to what extent to today's, did today's match show us that Chelsea are capable of, of beating Real Madrid obviously Real Madrid are our opponents in the semi-finals because Liverpool got knocked out the Champions League happy days um, Chich to what extent did today's match over Chelsea are capable of beating Real Madrid oh
0: hugely uh, I, I, I think I think City are a much better side than Real Madrid uh, you know Real Madrid have had a bit of a shonky season really I mean what they've got on their side is they've got a few fantastic players obviously um, and they've got a huge amount of naus and experience when it comes to Champions League football I mean you know, the, the, they, they did as good a shit house job on Liverpool as we did on Porto, if you see what I mean. So they know what they're doing. But City are a much better side than Real Madrid, I'm sure of that. So, you know, why not? You know, we've also got two bites at the cherry. You know, two le- and, they look, and, and And from what we've seen against Porto and Atletico Madrid, Tuchel knows how to navigate two legs of a European tie. I mean, remember this bloke got to the final last year. Tuchel knows what he's doing. So, I mean, I it, it, you know, the reality is, no no pun intended, it's a 50-50 tie. I mean, you'd have to say we're underdogs because of kind of where we really are in our development and the fact that we've not been to a, a Champions League semi-final for seven years. But we've we've got a 50-50 chance of going through and, and I, I would take those odds. I would take those odds in a semi-final. Like today, really. Yeah. Fair I enough. Just
1: hope, I just hope we're in the tie going into the home leg at the bridge and then yeah. it's all to play for there. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think just with with Real Madrid, I think we can beat them, definitely. We're capable of it, but they've still got that wealth of experience. They've got a, they've got a backbone. They've got Sergio Ramos, they've got Tony Crowe's Modric and they've got Benzema. They've got players that have done it count on countless occasions and won Varane. that trophy. And Varane, they've got, yeah, won that trophy on countless occasions. So, they know how to win these knockout games at the end of the day.
0: Massively yep. experienced, you're right. Yeah. So got a certain Belgian
3: goalkeeper in goal, and goal yeah. and they've got a very, you know, a very, on the other hand, a very well-loved Belgian winger that used to play for us. The, the Eden Hazard narrative, what what could be?
2: It would be nice for, you know, if fans were there to give Eden a bit of applause and uh, Tebow a bit of abuse. Um, yeah. But um yeah as the boys were saying sort of confidence from today and you know also the atletico games and the porto games that you know the team is showing a real maturity and you know in-game intelligence that we've not seen for a while and you know madrid are a great team but i don't think they're as great as they have been over the past five years and i think they're on their sort of way down out of europe now and where they have to sort of restart and rebuild and i think we're on the other end of that spectrum so um yeah, confident that we can, you know, get through this time.
3: Fair enough. Well, say we do get through. The next question comes in from Trey. On a scale of one to ten, what is your level of confidence we could beat Manchester City in a UA for Champions League final? We'll just do a quick, quick answer on this, Dean. Scale of one to ten. What is your confidence we could beat City in a Champions League final?
0: Oh, ten. Ten. <laughs> Love it, Chidge. Well. Oh. Absolutely. But what worries me is this, is that we're going to play them again in a couple of weeks' time and then we might have to play them again in the Champions League final. And, you know, Pep Guardiola is a fantastic tactician and he will have learned a lot from today.
1: Yeah. It, I but think it was...
0: Also, a...
3: Yeah. City did also make quite a few changes today. So while it was yeah. still a strong squad, it was not the strongest City mm-hmm. team it could be. So, yeah. Jack, quick quick score out of 10?
1: Um, probably seven or eight. But yeah, like you said, that's what I was just going to say and just say they're missing the likes of Mares, Foden, Gundogan, Stones today that have been massive players in their season. So it it, it won't be an easy tie when they've got their their full-strength full, full strength team out.
3: Okay, fair enough. Next question comes in from Nishal. Nishal was on the show last week, really enjoyed having him on. His question is, what game is more important, the FA Cup final or the Champions League semi-final? Well, uh, you know, we don't have to prioritise one because the FA Cup finals at the end of the season. But, you know, Chidge, is there a more important game or, you know, equal importance, really?
0: Well, uh, it it depends on on who you are, I think. I mean, uh, for me, I mean, I love the FA Cup and the FA Cup is very, very special to Chelsea supporters. And, 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 you know, don't get me wrong, I, I get that. But I grew up... Um, before you guys were born, watching Liverpool win the the European Cup every bloody year. And I never in my life dreamed that Chelsea would play in the European Cup. Because, of course, in the old days, you had to win the league to do so. So for me, the Champions League is the most important because to win the Champions League, I mean, we're the only team in London with the European Cup. Need I say more?
3: Fair enough, Dean. Which one is more important to you?
2: I'd, I'd go with the FA Cup because it's the final, and yeah, the Champions League is all about the semi-final. You know, the FA Cup is the biggest game in English football. Um, the final is—you know—I love the FA Cup as a competition. And I love that we take it so seriously uh, and try and win it every year. Was it our fourth sort of semi-final final, final was not it? In in five years. But, you know, as the Champions League is the B1 end in, you know, in football currently. Um, Sort of, my journey supporting Chelsea happened just before Abramovich. So, you know, those aspirations of making Europe probably a bit less pie in the sky than Chigi's. But, um, you know, winning it was obviously, you know, the best moment for all of our sort of Chelsea supporting lives. And to do it again, you know, not going to turn that down for the FA Cup. Sorry about that.
0: I mean, here's the here's the thing, Dean. You know, all season, all of us. Come on, let's be honest here. I mean, without we're not we're not like we're not, you know, being all Arsenal about it. But all year, we shit ourselves about whether we're going to get into top four or not, don't we? Why is that? Well, because top four gets you into the Champions League. So if you're going to shit yourself about making top four to get into the Champions League, if you're in it, go and bloody win the thing. Otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, if you go out in the round of sixteen every year, you might as well be Arsenal
1: yeah nobody wants that
3: nobody no nobody wants that, that. exactly no. uh, jack what's your preference
1: yeah no i i'd i'd go champions league just the the aura around the competition and winning it last time there's no better feeling than that so i'd definitely go champions league and i think from a manager's perspective it shows today when they're playing their second fiddle goalkeepers the fa cup looks a brilliant competition but that just shows the almost like dwindling like yeah dwindling expectation over it and how much they prioritize it at the end of the day yeah i'm gonna say
2: say, sorry nick yeah every time we've won the champions league we've also won the fa cup as well so (laughs) so we're gonna win
3: both anyway it doesn't matter also i'm gonna say we're gonna win the champions league so we can right the wrongs of a following season and actually win the club world cup that benitez fucked up for us
0: so, I'm so, i was so pissed off about that i was so pissed off about that because how many times do you get the chance to go and win that exactly that of a bitch. i mean i hated him anyway but i hate him even more because of that. yeah exactly. anyway, talk, talking of that nick i did an article for football london which went out out this morning which really does draw parallels to 2012 so dean's right we got to win the fa cup as well otherwise my my predictions will not come true
3: yeah, we've also can't, got a tank top four. That. We've also got a tank top four, which is possible, to be fair. It's possible.
0: And that means that Spurs have to get in the top four.
3: That that, that is looking less likely, because unfortunately, they are yeah. utterly shit under Mourinho at the moment, putting it politely. <laughs> but yes.
0: Kinda kind of what I said in the article, although <laughs> a little bit more politely.
3: Yes. Well, you know, you know, you're you writing on the Article, this is this is our this is our podcast just talking talking a load of waffle. Um really, quick, quick. Manan, can we really do it? Can we really win both? Chidge, we
0: can, can't we? Yeah, absolutely. Of course we can. Of course we can. We just beat one of the best teams in Europe in a one-off match today. We can do that again if we hit, hit them in the final. If we get PSG, which I think is possibly more likely, uh, then, then uh, Pochettino will be the manager. He never beats Chelsea. And Tommy Tuchel will be playing his old club who fired him in December. I mean, it's written in the stars, isn't it? Um <laughs> you know if we're we now going to face either Leicester or Southampton you know we should be able to beat both of those teams why the hell not let's do it
3: love it love it Jack
1: <laughs> yeah definitely could be a very has the potential to be a very special season and like we said we just if we go one nil up then hopefully that's curtains in every game from now fair enough fair enough
3: Dean
2: Yeah, why not? You know, we don't concede many goals and when you don't concede, you've got a good chance of winning games. So, you know, keep it tight. Hit them on the break. Win one nil I don't care. Win the game.
3: Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Yeah, of course, of course we can, you know. We got past City. We're now favourites for the FA Cup final. I also... Don't think we're going to lose two years in a row. Obviously, we lost the final in 2017, and then we won it the following year in 2018. So maybe history is also going to repeat itself there, but we lose the final last year and we win it this year. So, yeah, why the hell not? And in the Champions League, yeah, we've got a chance. which are Chelsea. Of course we can. Of course we can. So, final question comes in from a good friend of ours, Kamal. He goes, how are we celebrating an FA Cup and Champions League final win? How are we, how are we doing, boys? Obviously... Chidge, Chidge raises his, his pint of Guinness. Um, you know, how are we going to celebrate? Because it's different times, obviously. You know, well, some of us, fingers crossed, might be there for, for the FA Cup final. Uh, but Chidge, how, how, how are you going to celebrate if we win both?
0: Well, it's a real, I mean, Nick, you make a, a superb point. And I have to say today was, was filled with a, an element of sadness, actually, because, you know, I've been the only semi-final that I've missed in the last 20 years well actually I missed two one was the one up in Old Trafford when we beat Blackburn which I think might have been 2007 and I missed 2013 uh ironically against City because I was flying back from Dubai at the time i have been out filming in Dubai but all day I've been thinking I, I woke up this morning I had a bit of a lie and I thought oh bloody hell I should be in this brilliant uh restaurant in Paddington having a full English breakfast and then then I'd be wandering down to the Victoria pub and on my first pint, this would have been about kind of half 10, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then after, after, uh, well, I mean, I, I, so, you know, if we, if we'd have lost, it would have been a bit different, I suspect, but usually when we win, we all go back to the Victoria in Paddington and then quite often on to a few pubs in Earl's Court. I remember, Many, many. I mean, we have. I mean, this is the really weird thing. We have different pubs for, for for Wembley appearances than we do, you know, for when we're playing at home. And I would often end up in Earl's Court. And I remember we used to have the most amazing sing songs in the in the uh, the Blackbird in in uh, in Earl's Court Road. And and it would end up in a mass celery fight. I've Got some great pictures of us <laughs> chucking celery around. So you know, that's how we used to celebrate. Um, I mean, the Champions League. Final was mental because I had to fly back that night and I was in a bit, I was absolutely spent emotionally. And then I, but I got back in time to go to the you know the, the parade on the Sunday where, where a lot of my mates were all still out there getting absolutely battered. Um, but uh, this is going to be so different because we're not going to be there. And I have to say that it's so sad. I mean, missing last year's final, first final I've missed you know, since '97, you know, awful uh so i don't know is, is the real answer nick i mean maybe we have to save it all up but it's, it's just not the same is it you want to celebrate on the day and you want to celebrate with your mates and you want to get absolutely hammered you know i mean i remember when we won the title in 2005 i wasn't lucky enough to go to bolton and i watched it in some pub in pimlico uh incredibly tense and within about five minutes of the match finishing, my phone was just going mental. we're going down Fulham Road, we've got to go to Fulham Road, you know, and I went down there and there was about 3,000 Chelsea fans just going absolutely mental uh, in, in Fulham Road uh, after that match. One of the best Chelsea nights I have ever had. I mean, it was absolutely, That shut Fulham down, basically. I mean, it was mental. And we can't even do that, you know. And it's 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 a real it's a real sadness and tragedy that we won't really properly be able to celebrate this in the way that we normally do.
2: I'm uh, downer.
0: I brought everybody right <laughs> just, down. Yeah, the <laughs> mood has just gone.
3: Boom. I, yeah, yeah, Dean. Dean, how will you celebrate if we win both?
2: Yeah, a bit depressed now thinking about it. I hope <laughs> it was we go hope we They go. Ooh. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. I hope we get beat in the final. Then we don't have to celebrate. <laughs>
0: you don't really mean that
2: no, probably because you know we can't do the usual um, celebrations, probably jump on that Jossie podcast with Nick and Jack and discuss <laughs> the game straight away you know, what a better way to celebrate a win yeah,
3: yeah of course, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to pre-book you boys now for, for both when we win <laughs> when we win the FA Cup and the Champions League no, I've, well, I've made no. that promise to quite a few people but let just have a bit of a wild one on here um, Jack, you know Covid, Covid's robbed us of three Wembley appearances already. Three yeah. Wembley appearances it's robbed mm. us of, and you know, and to my talk, you know, it, we're getting to that stage of the season where you get into games where you're thinking, oh, that would have been good to be at." You know, when Emerson scored late on against Atletico at oh, home,
2: yeah.
3: you know, winning against Porto, it's it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, and we're buzzing, and as you can tell from this pod, you know, we've been happy. But then it does also sink in. It's like,
1: ah, we just we're not there to witness it you know, just a tiny bit hollow? Yeah, it's always a bit of a dampener, isn't it? But at the end of the day, it's it's been a tough time for everyone. And if your team's winning, it brings your mood up. So that's the main thing. And then for those games, if we get there um, for the Champions League and if we win the FA Cup, I think some of the lockdown rules should, should have uh, become a bit more slack by then, hopefully. So hopefully we'll still be able to get somewhere with our mates and all watch it together and, yeah, just enjoy, enjoy it with other people that love the same club as you and support the same team. Yeah, exactly. As said mentioned, there will be fans for the FA Cup final.
3: So, you know, there will be some Chelsea representation in, this, in the ground and that will be brilliant for Thomas Tuchel and the team to have behind them. Right, that wraps up this week of that Chelsea podcast it has been a blast to record we've overcome some technical difficulties early on and it's been a pretty smooth <laughs> ride from there on out I want to thank our brilliant brilliant guests as always Chidge thank you for coming on before you go give yourself one last plug where people can follow you where they can find the brilliant Chelsea fancast
0: well, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll do it properly this time rather than, you know, dicking about like I was earlier. But, but actually, I have an announcement to make. Actually, I'm I'm quitting the Chelsea fan cast and I'm taking Dean with me, and we're going to come on on the on that Chelsea podcast every week. <laughs> yes, I've made the decision. No, no, I mean actually, it'll be it'll be a real gas if we did. But uh, in all seriousness, yes. Um, where can you find us? Well, um, we have a website, which is Chelsea fancast.com uh the podcast goes out we, we record it live every monday at seven o'clock uh and uh we put it out live as well as on, on a thing called mixler.com and it goes up as a podcast after that and uh, we do the same on friday we do a preview show on friday that also goes out live at seven o'clock and then goes out as a podcast uh and it goes out on all the obvious platforms so Acast, uh apple spotify podbean you name it it's it's uh, you know google amazon you name it it's, it's it's all over the place we we irritate people with our accessibility i think but there you go so check it out and of course at chelsea fancast on all the social media twitter instagram facebook and i'm at Stamford chidge if you didn't know which i'm sure you probably do
3: and Dean, where can the people find you? Not only for your brilliant podcast, but also for your songs. You know, you just to, <laughs> yes. to, to making some charts for the Chelsea Women's Team.
2: We are, you know, hopefully recording an album very soon. To be a Tour as well. Um, yeah, we're a bit, I'm very big in Sweden. Uh, if you didn't know, um, Swedish media are all over it.
0: You are, aren't you? Actually, that's yeah. not a lie.
1: That's, that's not a for lie. real. It's
2: just the truth. Yeah, we're going to do a tour of Sweden. Um, in You'll never come years. back, yeah. mate. You'll never no. come
0: back. <laughs> You'll never be sober enough to come back for a start. Yeah,
2: no. But if you if you want to listen to those, there is also you know a lady called Janique who um yeah. is a singer songwriter and she um takes my awful versions and, and makes them you know into something special. Um, so I tend to post hers a bit more than mine. Um, so <laughs> at Mo Kings Meadow is the app for you know the Went Smoking Meadow podcast. I am at Dean Mears. You know if you've got nothing better to do with your time you know give me a follow
3: yeah they're both really really good lads and honestly as said if you want to hear about the fantastic women's team and you know they they could you know history could be made this season chelsea men's and women's team could be the first you know winners in the same year so that would be something something special as for us we're on instagram about chelsea pod on twitter about chelsea pod we're on all your usual podcast platform providers and i said if you've come over because you're big fans of chid and dean and the chelsea fan cast then hey maybe you can consider us the warm-up act if you will <laughs> for the monday night show we we usually release the episodes of the weekend so you know you get it out before before the monday night show and hey hopefully you've Really, really enjoyed the show. If you do, you can always leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. to help us grow. At the end of the day, we're all just Chelsea fans talking about the one club that we love. And when you can record episodes like today, there is really nothing better. And until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high.
0: Sports Social Podcast
3: Network.